The Seattle Kraken are surprising everybody. The Minnesota Wild are trying to round back into form while the New York Rangers are getting better goaltending but struggling to score goals. We've got all that and a whole lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Wild, Seth Tupel. And Seth, big win for the Wild uh, over the weekend, getting that losing streak out of the way in pretty dramatic fashion. How important was it? for this team to stop that little mini slide uh, with a win over a good Carolina team? Well, it was a fantastic win because I think it helped just ease some of the tension that this team has been dealing with over the last couple of weeks. Goals have been uh, hard to come by over the, uh, the last several games, and it just hasn't been a season that has been filled with as many exciting and fun moments like we saw last year and we saw the celebration after the win and the game itself is just, is a whole just massive story because Alex Goligoski was honored before the game for um, getting to the 1000 career NHL games earlier this season getting to that mark so the ceremony was held before the game just a real emotional and fun ceremony. A lot of former players, former coaches. Lindy Ruff was one of the coaches that was um, was interviewed for it, and so he had some well wishes. Just a ton of players kind of giving their best wishes to, uh, to Goligoski. And, of course, he ends up being the one that, uh, that scores the OT winner uh, to give the Wild the lift. And, you know, he was emotional in the postgame as well because he's been the guy – at least on defense that has been kind of the odd man out for uh, a good portion of the season. And obviously not something that he, not something that anybody wants to really be in the situation of doing, but all of that kind of gets pushed to the side because the wilds get a really good goalie performance. They hold one of the best teams in the Eastern conference to two shots in the third period. And they get just an exciting and an emotional win that I'm hoping is going to help kind of spark this team to, hey, we're we're not going to be able to win games the same way we did last year. But we're gonna we should try to have a little fun while doing it. You can't be just robotic out there on the ice. And um I think that hopefully showed that if they play the style that has helped them win games this year, which is to play tough physical defense and to try to limit opposing opposing opportunities while getting good goaltending, it's a very it's a very replicable model for them to follow. It's just the offense has been more of a struggle, and hopefully this one can just kind of help get them going a little bit. How important has Philip Gustafson's play been to this team, especially in the absence of Marc-Andre Fleury? Oh, it's been massive. And you look at what happens 
in the game against the Hurricanes. The one goal that he gave up was on a turnover in the neutral zone that ended up leading to a two-on-one against Carolina. And I don't care if you're Andre Vasilevsky or Igor Shosturkin or any of the other top goalies in the NHL, it's hard to defend a two-on-one. And so credit to the Hurricanes for taking advantage of that opportunity. Beyond that, Gustafson was absolutely lights out. And the thing that I think helped turn the season around a little bit for the Wild was that Marc-Andre Fleury was actually winning them games with his goaltending performance. He was saving so many goals above expected um, that he was buying the offense time to be able to try to figure things out to where you don't have to try to figure out if your goalie gives up three goals right away. Okay, well, now we got to figure out how to score four. If your goalie can give give up one or two or none in some instances recently, that puts less pressure on your offense to where, hey, if we get one, whether it be a greasy goal, a power play goal, or an even strength goal, if we get one, we're probably going to win this game. And for him to be able to step up in what was a really good stretch for Flurry after he got hurt, that's that's been a huge key for this team, and I think it puts a lot of ease that uh, they have capable goaltending, whether it be Flurry or Gustafson, to be able to just navigate them through this until they can start to uh, kind of figure out how to get the offense back. One move the team did make to try to get the offense going is moving Sam Steele up to the first line. He responded with a pretty good first game, but what do you think his long-term outlook would be? You know, he, I think this, the wild are going to try him in that spot. As long as they can get him going, you're waiting until Ryan Hartman is ready to return or uh, from injured reserve because he was starting to play some good hockey before he got hurt to where maybe you can put him back up on that top line uh, once he does come off of IR. But Steele gave a nice element of speed, and he has kind of that bottom six player mentality that you have to fight it out, you have to grind it out um, to get an opportunity and to play a meaningful minutes in this league. And so that translated with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, and uh, he took, he obviously made the most of the opportunity with the game tying goal on a great feed from those two guys, and then sets up Goligoski on the game winner. I think he definitely has the skill set to be able to uh, to stay with those two. Uh, the question is just going to be the production. If that slows at all, uh, then I think the Wild will look to other outlets. Just they're just going to keep trying things until they find something that consistently sticks. Who would some of the other candidates potentially be? So I would like to see um, Marco Rossi get an opportunity to do that. His minutes have been uh, few and far between sometimes in his first full season at the NHL level. Now, there have been a few games in which he hasn't maybe done anything to warrant additional playing time. But at the end of the day, he's a playmaker. And uh, I think if you put a playmaker between two other playmakers, that's just going to lead to everybody having fun at the table and uh, being able to score a ton of goals. Beyond that, I'd thrown out the possibility just to try to get Matt Boldy going of throwing him at center. They've used that line combo after successful penalty kills at points this season. It'd be something worth trying for a game or two just to see if it's a combo that can work. But uh, ultimately, 
whether it be Sam Steele, whether it be Marco Rossi, whether it be Jewel Erickson Eck, giving that another try. Ultimately, I think they're all just kind of keeping the seat warm uh, until Ryan Hartman's ready to come back. Is there a timetable for that? I have not really seen one. And it's unfortunate because, as I alluded to, he was playing some of his best hockey for the few games before he got hurt, was starting to look more like the Ryan Hartman of last year. And so it comes just at the absolute worst time. And, uh, you know, whether it be a wrist injury or a shoulder injury, obviously the timetables differ for that a little bit. But as of right now, it's looking like his prognosis is more long-term, but in the good news department, it does sound like Jordan Greenway should be ready to return this week. Marc-Andre Fleury is making some good progress to where maybe by the end of the week, he might be able to uh, to start looking at, uh, at a return to the lineup. So while the news on Hartman has yet to really be ironed out, at least there is some good news injury-wise that uh, that's coming for this team. All right, some reasons for optimism in the Twin Cities. Seth, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find the podcast and where they can find you on social media? Lockdown Wild is your best bet, and the best part about it is that all you have to do is search Lockdown Wild. You'll find all of the social media accounts. You'll find uh, what we are doing on YouTube as well. Make sure that you uh, follow along if you have uh, any interest level in the Minnesota Wilds or in Minnesota hockey in general. We're trying to kind of branch out to some of that as well. So uh, all things Minnesota Wild hockey, we've got you covered, and uh, we're doing that with new episodes every Monday through Friday at Locked on Wild. All right. Seth, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming by today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Simply Safe. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On NHL listeners can get the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it. In an emergency, you get 24-7 professional monitoring agents using Fast Protect technology, which is exclusively from Simply Safe. It captures critical evidence and verifies that a threat is real so you can get a priority response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat was real, and even hazard sensors that detect things like fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only home security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. It is my pleasure right now to welcome back the host of Locked On Kraken, Erica Ayala. And uh, Erica, your team, one of the pleasant surprises of this early 2022-2023 NHL season. 
Yeah, for sure. I talked a lot in the offseason about wanting us to see a team that really pushed to be at 500. And I know some of our long-term listeners were like, well, maybe let's start at 500 at home and see where we go from there. But actually, we've met 500 at home, just got there, and overall. So you're absolutely right, Gil. It's been an exciting team to watch. I think that we've made improvements and we're starting to build that consistency, which is what I love. Yeah, great to see that. And, and let's start in goal because the goals against this is a top 10 team in the league right now. How important has Martin Jones's performance been to this team this season? He's been critically important. I love having Allison Lucan on our home broadcast because she does a great job talking about the analytics. And it's really not just making the saves, but he's making the saves above expected. So making saves that he wasn't predict predicted and projected, excuse me, to make. And you'll hear Dave Haxtell, our head coach, talk a lot also about he makes the right saves at the right time. We know how important momentum can be in hockey. And so not only getting the wins at the right times, but making the saves at the right times has been the calling card for Martin Jones. Yeah, he, he seems to be off to a very, very good start. And, you know, the, the Kraken are mostly a younger team, and yet they seem to be coming up big in a lot of clutch situations. Yes, indeed. I have loved to see that. I know that I continue to talk about defensively, our overall defensive unit. I still think we can improve upon that. Maybe we'll do that next offseason. But what in where we lack maybe a, a really strong, solid, elite level defender, especially considering what defense looks like in the NHL these days, we have made up in a team focus on winning the puck, on being tough to play against. And that comes from players like Yanni Gord, undrafted player Yanni Gord has two Stanley Cup titles to his name, but is really making a mark on the Seattle Kraken team. Brandon Tanev coming back from injury. When we had that five game win streak, those were two players that if you see their numbers, they're actually on pace to have career numbers, especially within that span because of the grit and grind style of hockey that they play. We've also seen Maddie Beniers early on be that type of player, be that it guy. We've talked about that before, Gil. I do think he's found it a little bit more difficult to find his scoring touch, but that's to be expected. Now he is someone that other teams will scout and circle, and so that has changed how he now impacts the game. So now he's winning puck battles along the boards and really helping facilitate a little bit more, which is what you want to see in a centerman. And I'm not worried. I think the scoring touch will come back. So those are just a handful of some of the, the guys that are younger, but still with some experience. Of course, Matty Beniers being one of the youngest in that group. No question about that. How about Jordan Eberle? I've got to ask, being that we got him from my New York Islanders, but he seems to be coming up with some clutch goals and, and also some leadership for this young team. Well, I'll start with the last piece. It has never escaped me how important Jordan Eberle, I'd add Jaden Schwartz into that mix as well, but Eberle has been one of the consistent voices to keep it kind of real. Dave Haxel keeps things pretty close to the chest. I think he and his team know exactly what he expects, but he keeps it pretty mild when he speaks to media. We can get some of what the struggles have been throughout the years from a player like Eberly, where the, the team wants to push certain buttons. So I personally love that kind of leadership. He doesn't have to be mean about it or you know throwing water bottles at people while they're doing interviews, but he can be real at the same time. And that 
that's the kind of leadership that I love. But speaking of Everly on the ice, man, things have just opened up for him. And I think that's as we see some other caliber forwards come in, his role has changed so that he can be an elite scorer. And that came up in a big way for us, certainly throughout the season. But I want to talk about that overtime win against the Los Angeles Kings that we just had uh, at Climate Pledge Arena. We really need to get points in the division. We needed to win that game. And it was Eberle that got it done. Big game right there and, and a very satisfying win for the Kraken. How about Jared McCann leading the team right now with seven goals in, in only 15 games? What has he added to the mix? Jared McCann was the first player that we signed to an extended contract, and you're seeing why. That Dave Haxtell and, of course, Ron Francis and company really wanted to have him on this team. We spoke about Eberly Saturday. Jared McCann scored his 100th career point in the Seattle Kraken's 100th game as a franchise. That was amazing. Jared McCann has been a consistent force for us here. We know that he can score. Uh, you know, he spent a little bit of, of time out of the lineup, and so we, we saw things shake up, and now things have shaken up again, including we have actually Bjorkstrand, who dropped down a line or two because we want to have McCann engaged. Can't speak enough about Jared McCann. Yeah, he is looking very, very good. So I guess a question that a lot of hockey fans who maybe don't follow the Kraken as closely are asking right now, is this sustainable? What, what does it take for this team to be in the playoff hunt and maybe even make the playoffs this year in their second year of existence? That's the big question, Gil. Are we going to continue to get this performance from Martin Jones? And the good news is that I don't know that we need to answer that question because we found out over the weekend that Philip Grubauer is back. Philip Grubauer, it, it's very small sample size, but his numbers are, are still lagging behind a little bit what we are seeing from Martin Jones. That being said, and we were talking about this, you know, off air in the green room, if you will, the Seattle Kraken struggled. So what we saw as success, maybe, and take it with a grain of salt in the preseason, we did not have that consistency. And that's really regardless of opponent or roster. There were things that the Seattle Kraken were doing in the preseason that they didn't do to start the season, which was extremely frustrating. And the frustration wasn't coming from the wins and losses, at least for me, when I was on Locked on Kraken. It was coming from the lack of consistency. We also went on that five-game win streak, and then we lost three in a row. Even then, I was less frustrated because the consistency was there and building. So to answer your question, I do think we're, I guess, about 20 games in now. Um, I do think that the consistency is leaps and bounds better than it was last year. And it's also gotten better since the start of the season. You're not going to win them all. But if we can grind out these wins, like against the LA Kings, like some of the other overtime wins that we had, we were losing those games last year. Right. We were losing those one game um excuse me, those one goal games last year, and we're starting to win them. Now, granted, in overtime, uh, you know, I want to be greedy and get all of the points, but that is an improvement. And with Philip Grubauer, I think he never felt comfortable. We've talked about this before. I think that now that he can come in, he's been able to see this team perform. Maybe some of the things that were 
lacking as far as chemistry or just him feeling comfortable in front of this team. Maybe now with a, a bird's eye view, since he was on the injured reserve, maybe that will help him settle in when we do see him, which I do think might be for the first time since coming off of the injured reserve as we play San Jose later this week. Yeah, should be interesting to watch, and we'll keep an eye on that. Erica, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Well, first, Gil, I w- would be remiss if I didn't start with thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to chat hockey with you. I love, uh, you know, when you're like, hey, let's talk Kraken hockey for a Monday <laughs> show. I always, always love doing that. But you can find Locked on Kraken at Locked on Kraken on all social media platforms. And of course, right on YouTube for those watching on YouTube. And you can find me personally at elindsay08. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8 on all social media platforms. Erica, it is always a pleasure (laughs) Excuse me, talking hockey with you, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Gil. Enjoy the holiday for you and all of the listeners. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you'll find those at BetOnline as well. You're always, we are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Hey, maybe you could take your expertise on the NHL and put it to good use. Place some bets. Check out the odds at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On New York Rangers, John Chick. And John, uh, uh, a big win for the Rangers out on the West Coast, but it wasn't easy against the Sharks. Almost blew that one. What what was your key takeaway from that game? Well, honestly, I mean, I love the Rangers game up until about the final minute 07 there because, you know, Adam Fox got the, the empty netter. You're up 2 nothing, and you should be just about home free. I mean, never say never. That's enough time to score two goals, but it really shouldn't happen. And the Sharks score one with uh, 15 seconds left, and uh, Igor with a great save with four seconds left to uh, avoid disaster there. But uh, up until that, I thought the Rangers played great. I I know it's easy to kind of, like, scoff and say, oh, it's just the Sharks, you know, congratulations. But, you know, I mean, the Sharks started the season 0-5. They've basically been about a 500 team since then. Uh, They had won three out of four going in. Of course, they had home ice advantage as well. And, um, you know, I said, and Gerard Gallant mentioned this after the game, it might be the Rangers' best win since opening night when they beat Tampa um, because it was such a, like, a grinded-out kind of a game. You know, a lot of action, very high-paced. And, you know, it's easy to look at a game like Detroit, you know, and the Rangers beat them 8-2 to and had that great third period. And you might think, like, that's, you know, maybe one of the best wins. But, I mean, this is a dogfight. You know, the Sharks were in this game. They they played really hard. Uh, The Rangers got great goaltending. Uh, they were skating really hard, very good skating the entire night, uh, created a bunch of scoring opportunities, just could not finish until uh, Julian Gauthier kind of played the role of unlikely hero uh, late in the third period, giving them a one to nothing lead. So uh, overall, you know, I thought it was a great game. If you can just erase uh, that final minute there where, I mean, if you're a Ranger fan, you're probably losing your mind watching that. I know I was, but yeah, besides that, man, 59 minutes of really solid hockey and uh, they got two more games on this road trip and you just hope that uh, they can get a couple more wins before the uh little Thanksgiving break here. 
Yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned that goal scoring is a little bit of a struggle lately. One player who has been slumping, at least as far as putting the puck in the net over the last few games, Artemi Panarin, that's unusual. What's going on with Panarin right now? Yeah, I mean, I think with Panarin, um, you know, this can be the case for a couple of different guys on this team, but he's certainly one of them. Uh, There's times where players in this team, and I've talked about it on my show, they can be selfless to a fault where, you know, everybody wants to make that extra pass and everyone wants to set up their buddy, Uh, Panarin especially. You know, whenever the Rangers have a power play, he's always looking to hit that cross-ice pass to Mika Zibanejad. And, Gil, I I know we talked about this when we did our Ranger-Islander crossover not too long ago. Yeah. And, you know, on one hand – you know, Panarin passing to Mika on the power play and setting up a one-timer, that's that's good, right? You know, that you, you take your chances with that any time. By that same token, though, you know, I'd like to see Panarin pull the trigger a little bit more often on the power play. He can shoot it himself. Um, and, you know, while we're on the subject of the power play, I wouldn't mind see that, seeing Adam Fox say a couple more shots at the net. It feels like on the power play right now, and, and they have been good on the power play, but it feels like they're a little too comfortable just going to that Mika one-timer. They've got so many weapons on that top power play unit. I mean, use it, you know, spread the wealth a little bit and try some different things. And, uh, you know, as for Panarin, I think he's just got to shoot a little bit more often. Um, You know, I don't think he's played poorly or anything like that. He looked good in the game last night. Um, Just just a mini slump. I don't think it's anything to be too concerned of uh, long-term as far as, you know, him scoring. He just got to shoot a little bit more. One player who is definitely not slumping after a little bit of a slow start is Igor Shosturkin. He is rounding back into form, and right now he has all nine of the Rangers' victories under his belt. Tell me what the difference is between Shosturkin maybe the first couple of weeks of the season and what we've seen recently. Yeah, I mean, he's really on a roll uh, these past three games. I, I talked about that on the show that I'm going to be releasing on Monday. Um, you know, he's really just kind of picked it up. I don't know. I mean, there were times earlier this season where I think his defense kind of failed him a little bit. There were a couple instances where maybe he, he left in a, something of a soft goal. But to me, more than anything, you know, what, whatever you want to call it, a slow start or whatever, um, it's just kind of a reminder that Igor Shosturkin actually is human. And I talk about this in the most recent episode as well. You know, every goalie on this planet, sooner or later, you're going to go through a rough patch of some kind uh, one time or another. Igor maybe went through a little bit of one, and I said this as well on my show, but um, Igor's rough patches aren't even that rough. It's just kind of like, he's just kind of average, you know? And these last three games, I mean, he's been awesome, made a lot of really nice saves against the Sharks. And um, yeah, man, he he was awesome in the game that they lost in overtime right before that as well. Kind of of a hard luck loser in that. Um, So Igor, man, he's he's not a concern for me. I think he's going to be just fine. And, uh, you know, the Igor that we've gotten in the last three Ranger games – two of which were wins. Uh, That's the Igor that we all know and love and that we saw all season last year. Are you concerned at all about Yaroslav Halak? I mean, he he hasn't always gotten a lot of support defensively from his team, but he's still winless at this point. I'm actually not. Uh, As far as backup goalies are concerned, I I think he's fine. You know, and, and, you know, to kind of use an analogy and borrow something from a different sport, like in baseball, if you have a starting pitcher and he gets lit up once or twice early at the start of the season, I mean, his ERA is going to go right through the roof and it's going to take a while to come back down. Uh, for Yaroslav Halak, I know the numbers aren't really that impressive, but he had a really bad start uh, against Columbus where he was not good at all. Besides that, though, the way I look at it, I kind of just divide it into like, okay, he started five games. How has he done in all of them? Well, he was really bad against Columbus. He was so-so against your Islanders. The other three games that he started, he's been good to very good. And I think for a backup goalie, you'll take that. And I think eventually it'll round back into form. Um, His most recent start, I think it was the most recent one, 
Uh, they lost in overtime. And, I mean, he, he he smashed his stick against the crossbar. You could tell he really wanted to win that game, really wanted to get a win for his team, and uh, just wasn't able to do so. But he, he's actually played a lot better than I, I think the stats would suggest. And, like I said, it, that one game against Columbus, that's kind of why his, his numbers are uh, not so good right now. But I, I think it'll eventually turn. The times that we've spoken uh, in our crossover episodes and when we've had you here, we've always talked about the young players on this team and how important their development is. We're reaching the quarter pole of the season. Where are the young stars and and how is their development coming? Yeah, I mean, I figure, you know, there's a few that we could go to here, but the two that everybody always asks about, they always want to know, you know, how are they doing? What's going on? You know, what what are they playing on the right line combinations? All this stuff, obviously, Caco and Lafreniere. Um, I would say that, you know, obviously, you look at the point totals, they both have just seven points in 19 games, which is pretty underwhelming. And I do think overall they have to play a little bit better. You know, Cackle hasn't scored a goal. I think it's up to like 14 games now. Uh, I do think that they've played better than their stats would suggest. You know, Cackle in particular, he's so good. And he's just kind of learning to do this the past you know season or two here. He's so good at just maintaining possession in the offensive zone. When he's got the puck, very, very difficult to separate him from that if you're on the opposing team. And I think it took him a while to also kind of figure out like, Nobody's going to be mad at you. If you drive possession in the offensive zone and, and you hang on to the puck and, and you know, you, you are able to keep offensive zone possessions alive, then by all means do it. Use that skill set to your advantage. I thought he looked really good in the Sharks game. Could have easily scored. You know, he had a backhand chance from the slot. The goalie was out of position. Uh, a defenseman went down and blocked the shot. So uh, a little bit snake bitten at this time. Um, and, you know, I, again, it's, it's a situation where I, I think at this point, most Ranger fans would agree. We would have thought that Kako and Lafreniere would be a little bit further along. Uh, I do think that with every passing season, each of those players continues to get a little bit better. But I've talked about this on my show as well. You know, they take baby steps. You know, it's kind of baby steps. And it's a very slow process. And Ranger fans are kind of looking for that hop, skip, and a leap forward from these guys where it's like, man, now they're premier players in this league. Now they're big time. So hopefully it's coming. I mean, you keep your fingers crossed. They've had kind of a kid line reunion. They've been out there with Philip Heedle. And uh, Heedle off to a really nice start this season. He was injured for a little while. But, uh, you know, finally kind of developing into the player that the Rangers thought that they were getting. And it's crazy because, you know, he's only 22 years old. And he's been in the league for like five years, which like seems to not even compute. But, yeah, uh, Philip Philip Heedle's been really good. And, uh, again, you know, that kid line, they gave him a great spark in the playoffs last year. Had a great run there. So they have it in them. Uh, you know, it's just battling this inconsistency and – uh you know, hopefully these guys can all reach their, reach their potential pretty soon. We shall see. We all know progress for hockey players is not linear. So, you know, but hopefully for Ranger fans, they'll get there. John, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Yeah, so the podcast, I mean, wherever you're listening slash watching this podcast right now, obviously you can find Locked On New York Rangers too. It's available on all, you know, audio platforms. It's available on YouTube. And as far as finding me, I'm on Twitter at jchick17. Uh, you've also got the show handle on Twitter at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. And uh, yeah, definitely give us a follow and uh, feel free to come talk to me about Ranger hockey. Always like meeting uh, some new hockey fans. All right, John Chick, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. All right, Gil, thanks for having me, man. I want to thank you again for making Locked On NHL your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, 
and wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Don't forget, we are here every weekday, Monday through Friday, with the biggest stories from around the NHL. I want to thank my guest, Erica Ayala of Locked On Kraken. I want to thank John Chick of Locked On Rangers. And, of course, from Locked On Wild, Seth Tuple. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thank you for listening to the Locked On NHL Podcast.